Well, 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 Chandler, we need to talk. We need to talk. We were in the middle of a conversation and then you were like, no, we got to hit record. So let's get back into it. Okay. I woke up the other morning to a picture of Denise Richards on Instagram. Yeah. You know, I skipped my affirmations that day. Um, And I skipped my gratitude journaling Mm -hmm. and green juice and I went straight for Instagram. You know, it never happens that way. But anyway... Um, my first bleary-eyed vision was of Denise Richards on Instagram, and Denise Richards looked like not Denise Richards. No. Not the new Denise we'd seen on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. It looked like a cyborg avatar version of herself, right. like maybe like you would create for like a video game. Mm-hmm. 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 Anyway, it just hit a nerve in me. It really pissed me off, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Because I just felt like, wow. And I I, I just felt like, and I I guess I did talk about this on the Instagram, but if you're not following us, I will recap. I just felt like, how is this normal? Okay? How is it normal that people are posting photos where they don't even even closely resemble what they look like in real life? Where their fa- like, usually it's where their faces are just completely warped. Yes. And it just was like kind of sick and disturbing to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it made me really sad. And it just bugged me. And so then I and I it actually it reminded me of a listener had sent us a picture that Meredith Marks had posted. Yeah. And in the first photo, it's like a carousel. So in the first yeah. photo, she looks like a cyborg, you know, face tuned mm-hmm. at avatar and then the next photo she looks like a human being and totally different but it's from the same setting and what's crazy she's posted both of them right same with her husband anyway anyway it reminded me of that and i was just like why is this normal this is not normal and i honestly think that every time meredith posts i'm just like i think you're stunning but you don't actually look like this and it's disturbing that you post these photos right anyway so i took to the gram Basically, and and it reminded me of when Bethany posted and said that you know she posted very she posts very real photos of herself. Yeah, some yeah. some of her stuff that's like promotional for her brand is a little more airbrushed, yeah. but almost all of what she posts is extremely real. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she posted this thing that I'm just gonna pull it up actually. Um, she posted this picture and she said, "If I was a filterer, I would have filtered out all of my lines and wrinkles." Mm-hmm. Hold on, let me pull, get the exact wording. Sorry, this is kind of a long setup, but I'm almost done. Um, so she said, so it's a picture of her looking very much like like herself, like a real human being. Yeah. Um, and she says, if I were a filter, I would have gotten rid of my lines in my dark circles. But this is me at 50. Zero glam, zero filter. Why do I mention this all the time? Because I think it's important for young women to know that being flawed is truthful and real and that filtering yourself into someone fictitious is actually damaging to girls right. and women's self-esteem. Yeah. It's yeah. courageous and beautiful to be real at any age. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I just wanted to highlight how amazing I felt like that message was and then juxtapose it with the post by Denise Richards and by Meredith Marks and kind of just open a conversation and dialogue like why is this normal? Yeah, yeah. I also felt like I could have gotten in trouble. Like I was like I, w- I almost deleted oh, it. Interesting. I was like people are going to say you're bullying them and like you know you shouldn't be com- like you shouldn't be talking about women's looks and, mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. and I was kind of like I'm not trying to bully anyone bully anyone so anyway so and you and I you were off the grid as usual um just ensconced <laughs> in love and so you and I were not in communication so I no, you know went uh-uh. rogue on the IG so yeah I have not heard your thoughts on this so anyway we have now been set up what are your thoughts well first of all I I don't remember where I was when I saw it but um I was somewhere away ensconced and totally agreed and I was actually so shocked at the photo of Denise because I think what I'm used to is like the fine tuning the you know, the slightly blurry sheen that's given to a lot of like photos by um, people these days. But right. Denise's photo looked like a, she looked like a Bratz doll. Exactly. And, and that's, what's really shocking to me is that we're literally altering photos so that we, so that to warp women's faces into like caricature, anime, Bratz doll, like <laughs> big eyes, small nose, sex, like sex dolls. Yeah. Um, and I, and I was just like, what? Like, 
and and the problem is that people are then commenting you look so beautiful you you're amazing and it's just like wait we're, are we all living in reality together or like where am i am i on you know another like sphere another universe right. um so so that was like I was really shocked by Denise's. And then I think once I saw the outpouring of agreeing agreement mm-hmm. from people who follow pop apologists, I was just like, wow, like we're not the only people who are like, you know, noticing this. And I think you and I can be maybe hard on other people sometimes, or just, you know, we, we pay close attention, but I'm like, oh, everyone else is noticing this. Yeah. I got a lot of, I mean, the, like we generally get responses in our DMs that we've never had a response mm-hmm. like this. Yeah. Like yeah. it's uh, even now we have like 40 requests. To the point where um, I was like, wait, did we, did we do a giveaway and I didn't know about it? <laughs> <laughs> I know. And then I mean that's that's 40 requests, but we have probably we probably got 200 to 300 mm-hmm. people messaging us. Yeah. about this. Um so if we haven't gotten back to you, it's literally just because I'm, you know, I don't want to, you know, well, we're not we, we want to be thoughtful if we respond. Yeah, and it takes it takes a long time to thoughtfully yeah. respond to 300 messages. Anyway, um so anyway, I got a lot of responses. Almost everyone was like, thank you for posting about this. Thank you for posting about this. Like, you know, this is just so nuts. This has gone crazy. Right. Most people agreed and and well, were like, yeah, this is weird. Like I'm, I'm not opposed to, fi- uh, to filtering. I'm not like some radical person that's like never use a filter. It's so damaging. Like I, I filter all my shit. All of my sorry, dad, my dad, our dad got on us about cussing again. I filter all of my photos. Um, right, like obviously, like you, you know, mean you like you. Put oh, on- I I put a filter on them. I've I've edited out some zits before. Like I'll be honest, like I haven't. I I've never. I'm not just posting no filter on Instagram. That being said, there's a large difference between, you know, filtering and then literally changing the way your face looks. And, and making your eyes bigger, your cheeks more defined, your lips bigger, your nose smaller. That's what I'm talking about. It's like there's one thing where you are – okay, you had a temporary zit. You are um, removing it, you know? Mm-hmm. There's one thing about just changing, like altering – editing something that's super minor and temporary and doesn't actually change the true – a true likeness of what right. you actually look like in person. Right, right. There's another thing – of completely radically distorting your features. Mm-hmm. And and when you say filter, I think we need to get real clear. You're not meaning the like the filters on Instagram that actually alter and change your features. You're talking about a little adding a I'm little brightness and warmth. Yeah, I'm talking about literally visco, you know, presets. <laughs> yes, we're not that's not when I say filter and what I think um the conversation about filters were in that story was about the distorting filters, the filters that turn you into a Bratz doll with perfect freckles, Mm -hmm. the, you know, the filters that are, I think, so creepy and weird. And we got, I mean, anyway, we got such a wild response. And so I think that this is a topic that is super important and resonates really deeply with everyone. So maybe that's what we should do Chandler next week or in a few weeks we should go in like really in depth because we got tons mm-hmm, of responses mm-hmm. I really want to dig into it um but this is just a weird it's a weird social media environment yeah when it's normal to post photos of yourself where you look like a totally like you look like a different right. like a brat doll version of yourself right oh frick I just said right twice yeah <laughs> um no it and I I just don't think it's something that we should be championing or like not calling out i mean i've t- I've talked to this before i follow that one account called like social media diversity and i think it like it i don't know it might be called something different now but basically it always shows like you know celebrities bodies that haven't been uh smoothed out by paparazzi because like oftentimes the paparazzi are in you know cahoots with celebrities and they'll smooth out cellulite or whatever and so it just like grounds you in reality when you're seeing these photos of celebrities and um and I've, you know, celebrities have always like fine tuned their bodies, but I think like having every single person on Instagram have the ability to change the way their face looks, like that's what feels like extra scary. Like for, I don't know if that's right. just me, but something about changing your body to me feels like it's not something I would ever do. I would just, A, if I didn't think my body looked great in the photo, maybe I'm I just wouldn't post it. Post it. Yeah. yeah. Like I just would rather not post it than like give myself some sort of warped, you know, look. Um, also, I don't trust myself to be good enough at Photoshop to not, like, mess it up. <laughs> uh, 
and then second so so anyways there's something weird to me about extra weird about photoshopping your face because your face is so unique and like you and it's like I don't know it's it's really dark to me well and I think that I mean I'm never I will never post a photo of myself with like visible cellulite I just won't I got it I'm not showing it baby Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like yeah Yeah. I I like a warm flattering light okay when I'm taking a photo I like flattering images of myself like Mm -hmm. every other human yeah I'm not against that I'm not saying that everyone needs to get out the DSLR and take a video of your body in with a red camera and get it right. on Vimeo in like 1098 pixels or whatever. That's not what we're championing. I'm all about the flattering angles. Exactly. The good lighting. If you got to take out a zit, take out a zit. NBD. I think what is a problem is, is it's not posting your best self. It's posting a fictitious version of yourself and there's mm-hmm. such mm-hmm. a difference. Yeah. And and so it's just a very it's such an interesting conversation because people like were asking the DMs like, well what does this mean about plastic surgery? Like it's not okay to change yourself in a photo, but it's okay to change yourself like through right, surgery. Right. Yeah. So anyway, I think that truthfully it's such an interesting topic and we should just save all those questions for that episode. Yep. But yeah, I'm excited to dig into it. And like, I really want to just talk about it all now, but I feel like I'd lo- I'd prefer to do it when we've like prepared and really yeah. like we're ready to have a thoughtful, meaty discussion. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So anyway, um, okay. Well, other than that, um, other than that, Jan, what else is going on with you? Talk to me about your weekend. What's... Do you want to oh. tell us what's been... I mean, you're in Portugal. You're in Europe <laughs> right now. I'm... I'm still stateside, sister, so it's going to be a little bit I less mean, exciting than yours. My weekend was fine. Um, I oh – gosh. It's so funny. I, we went to this, like, beach club on Friday night, mm-hmm. and it's, like, all outdoors, so it's not really, like, a club. It's just called a beach club, but you're just, like, okay. on the beach. Anyway, cool. um, we got there. We left three hours late. So we left at 7 when we should have left at 4. I hadn't eaten because I thought we'd be dining at like 5.30 because I thought we were dining at 4. So I hadn't eaten. Anyway, we can't get in because it's too packed. There's nowhere we can get in. We have to drive back to Lisbon. It takes like an hour and a half. We don't actually get food until like 10 o'clock. Okay. So I'm like – and I've barely eaten all day. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just launching into the story. Let's go. Go for it. Um, I was so like – I was the hangriest I'd ever been. Really? I went, yes. And like we went into this like mallish area and it was packed with people, just packed. Yeah. And all of my COVID like alarms started going off and I got so paranoid. I went to go wash my hands before we ate in this like packed food court. And of course, there's no soap, there's no hand sanitizer in the women's bathroom. Oh. So there's like nothing. And so I go into the men's bathroom to get soap because I'm like, of course, there'll be soap in the men's bathroom. So I just go in. I just walk in like literally guns a blazing, just like n- no one. Like I'm just so pissed at this moment. Right. So I go. I get the – I get the – I get soap. I wash my hands. There's no towels to dry them. My hands are soaking wet. <sighs> I, leave, I leave. I go. Um, I had paid for dinner because Kagan had to take a call. So I guess dinner's on me. Dinner's so on I you, pay- baby. I paid. I was the one who stood in line, and I paid for dinner, and we got the dinner, and it was disgusting. Oh, and, no. oh that's the and worst. I, and then I spilled. Uh, yeah, I had like one bite, and I wanted to punch a wall. <gasps> I was just like, I'm just like ready to lose my mind. Mm-hmm. It's ten fifteen. What no, kind of food was it? It was, it was like pizza and fries. Ugh. You'd think this could be good, right? Right. No, it was burgers and fries. Anyway, it was disgusting. Um, and and. Anyway, I dropped a piece of the fries that were like dirty fries on Mm -hmm. my dress. So I got grease on my dress, which is an expensive dress. Mm -hmm. I I was about to go postal, okay? I was about to lose my mind. I was just like, I'm leaving. I called an Uber and I just left in like a half. Yeah, I just told him, I'm like, I'm I'm leaving. Goodbye. I was so mad. Anyway, this makes me sound like such a psycho, but it was just one of the worst nights. Um, I got back to my hotel room, starving still. Yeah, like a hundred dollars down, a new dress down. Right, right. 
you know, a terrible night, just like packed like sardines in the car in traffic back and forth from the beach club. Mm-hmm. It's just all a nightmare. It was all a nightmare. <laughs> okay. I think that it's really hard when you're on vacation. I always find this that you don't know when your next meal is going to be. So you like – you just can't really plan accordingly and then that does leave you extremely hangry sometimes. And honestly, a lot of times food is just a miss on vacation because you don't know where you're eating. You're just kind of like, you know, bouncing from one place to place to another and then by the time you find a place you're so hungry that when the food is subpar it's really frustrating so i'm really sorry no it's i mean it's okay it's i just here's the thing i don't want to be i don't want to bullshit anyone on this podcast and be mm-hmm. like oh my vacation's been a or like my time in europe you don't want to heather dubrow anybody i don't i just i love first of all i love heather dubrowing i love going in depth about vacation times it's like mm-hmm. my favorite thing to listen to um but more like I don't want to pretend like everything's perfect. It's not. Yeah. Kagan and I got into a little tiff the next night um, when we went to Comporta, um, which ended up was beautiful. And we had two stunning meals. So I was very happy about that. Okay, good. Good, good, good. Um, everything's fine. You know, we, we moved past it. Maybe I'll talk more about it on the Patreon. Maybe not. Um, we'll see. But, um, but yeah, I mean, things have been fine. I, you know, my biggest regret is not getting fully vaccinated before coming here. Mm-hmm. Um, well, is that I making won't. a difference in your traveling? Yeah, You're just it just nervous makes about me COVID? paranoid. Yeah. I'm just yeah. so paranoid. Like every yeah. third search on my safari is like, what's the R naught or like transmission rate of Delta? You know, oh, Delta yeah. in Lisbon. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, Delta, what is it? One like shot of Pfizer. Is and it? It's like, it's like, you know, 3,000 new cases a day-ish. Yeah. I mean, it's a really big city. But yeah. um, even now, I'm like, does my voice sound hard? Right. I'm just psycho. I fully tried yeah. to book a flight to the UK to get vaccinated, to go yeah. to London tomorrow, mm-hmm. to get the second dose. Yeah. I'm like pontificating. Did- Are you um, not going? Sorry. And- well, I called all the pharmacies I was going to go to. They all told me, like, not going to happen. Why? Because you can't get it? It's... Well, here's the thing. I didn't want to lie to get it. Ah. Um, that and was so you're technically thing. still not like far enough out from your first. There's that. So t- in in England, they want you to wait eight weeks between your first and your second dose. Mm-hmm. And then, no, I mean, no, everyone's like, who cares? This, this was your choice. No one feels bad for you. And you're 100% accurate. If I die from COVID, literally play this at my funeral that I was an idiot. <laughs> um. Anyway, oh. to fly into UK – you have to quarantine for 10 days. So right. I couldn't get the COVID vaccine until my 11th day there, which I'm not mm. going to go there for a weekend. Right. It would be extremely expensive. Yeah. And then they probably wouldn't give it to me anyway since I had my first dose like three weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. Anyway, it's fine. I had a beautiful evening yesterday. I went to like a, one of the best restaurants here. I miraculously got in just myself. I had wine. I had ceviche. I had a pork belly and crab sandwich. Yeah, it looked I so ate- good gelato it was fabulous um and then the taliban took over afghanistan right. or kabul oh my and gosh <laughs> i i don't know oh okay where do i even begin friends i can't even tell you how much athena club has changed my young life before my athena club baby blue razor came into my life shaving was an act of utility now it's something i look forward to with joy pride and joy okay I had tried all the other fancy millennial razors, but I just didn't see the hype, and I went back to my grocery store, you know, get up. But when I got to try the Athena Club razor, I actually felt like my life was changed. The blade itself is surrounded by a water-activated serum that has shea butter and hyaluronic acid. So on its own, it's super smooth, and then you pair it with the shave foam, and it's a flawless experience. I'm not even a shave foam person. I usually think they smell too strong, but this one is so light and so fresh, I can't live without it. The first time Lauren and I tried Athena Club, we actually texted each other after, and that's how you know the stuff is good and that we're obsessed. So show your skin you care with the Athena Club Razor Kit. Sign up today and you'll get 20% off your first order. Just go to athenaclub.com and use promo code POP. That's A-T-H-E-N-A-C-L-U-B.com with the promo code POP for 20% off. May I go? May I talk about Yeah, please. Sorry. So... Um, I actually had a fantastic weekend. I'm not trying to rain on your parade or, you know, brag or kick you when you're down, but I had one of the, like my new, like I posted about, it was just a new favorite weekend. 
Um, but I'm going to tell you that it got off to a rocky start. With what? Because so you know how we talked about going to Applebee's. That was like going to yes. be our fun thing that we did. Like a, you know, a fun little joke thing. So I get all gussied up. I get really cute. I'm in like a darling outfit. Like really, I looked good. I actually, in fact, Ben walked in and he goes, you look really good. He goes, great even. I was like, great even? Great even? <laughs> what the, what the, what does that mean? <laughs> it was, I don't think he meant it like great in a rude way. Great even. Great even. One could say great. Um, but I, <laughs> I looked fantastic. I didn't, you know, I, I put on mascara. Um, and so... I got all gussied up and we go to Applebee's and um, let's just say that somehow uh, Applebee's, even with fries, could not make it a lovely experience. I I walked in and I said, <laughs> your best table for two, please. Okay. <laughs> they then sat there us at no a- There is no good table in Applebee's. So, that, so, so I, well, you know, I thought they would at least try. And they they started to seat us at this table, like, by the window, but it wasn't very comfortable. It, it was essentially a table you would see at a subway chain. Um, and also, this Applebee's is two stories, and we were seated on the ground floor. Unacceptable. Um, so I said, is there a booth available? She takes us to a booth. We go to a booth. Um, we order drinks and, you know, and it's starting to, you know, warm up a little bit. I'm like, okay, it's fine. It's fine. And it's, it's hilarious the whole time because it's just, like, so bad. Um, like both of our like appetizer plates still had food on them from the dishwasher. Okay. Um, and, but it's fine. We're like, we're, you know, having drinks. It's all good. Um, and then, um, we proceed to order our appetizers, which were what I thought would be very basic appetizers that they could not mess up. They were utterly disgusting. Basically. Um, we got spinach and artichoke dip and then we got buffalo wings. Both I could barely eat. And I just yeah. like I just like ate the chips. It was Spinach so and good chip really wasn't good. No, it was. And I'm Ben sure was like, just th- like right, poured out of a bag or something. Yeah. And as I'm eating it, Ben's like, "You think that's good?" And I'm like, "No. <laughs> you think anything's good here, bro?" Um. So then, Ben orders his dinner. I order a cheeseburger. I'm like, "Okay, hey, can't go wrong with a cheeseburger. It's just you know, fries, whatever. You can't go wrong." I order my own. Ben then proceeds to order a quesadilla cheeseburger. Okay? Oh, I know. I'm sorry, but are you sure you want to leave that in? I, I don't know. <laughs> you get in the edit process, you can decide if it's that too is, That is raunchy. So, so he disgusting. thinks to himself, this is just going to be a burger with some quesadilla-type toppings, which also sounds gross. What comes <laughs> out is a patty of meat in between a quesadilla. <laughs> it is so disgusting. Okay. He took one bite and then could not. Oh, I so I can't believe you had to truly suffer through this experience so that you could say you're like a quirky, kitschy couple. So that it was just, you know, I did I did say to him months ago, I was like, you better take me there, you know, before I leave. Um, and he sure oh my did. Gosh. Do you know how much our, our bill was, Lauren? $46. Our bill was $150. Stop. No, Lauren, we spent $150. We went out to dinner with Candace and AJ the next day. The four of us, it was cheaper than Applebee's. Oh, because you just ordered so much at Applebee's. You're like, we're no. kings here. We can get whatever we want. <laughs> no. Like two drinks, two appetizers, two entrees. $150. Oh, my gosh. I was like, you know, like how dad does that thing where once you get your food, he hands the, the server the, the, the card because he just wants to be able to piece whenever he wants. Yes, yes, yes. I did that. I was like, oh, I was like, here's our card. Just That's a know. real power move. Yeah. Yeah. That Okay. I, it ended up being a hilarious experience. It was disgusting and overpriced and I did walk out of there feeling not great. But mm-hmm. then it became a funny story and, you know, we uh, proceeded to, you know, have like more delicious meals for the rest of the weekend. So it's fine. It's fine. Your Applebee's experience is like if I die from COVID on from not having gotten <laughs> double vaxxed. It's like a it's like, yeah, it's a bummer, but it's also voluntary. Like no one feels that bad for exactly. you. Exactly. Nobody feels bad for me. And I, I hope Mm-mm. nobody would because I brought this upon myself. Um, Ben then made a joke about like us going back to go to the Olive Garden in Times Square. And I'm like, I no, I don't I don't want to repeat oh, this. So um, bad. Honestly, yeah. So then the next morning, we went and did this thing called Summer Streets, where they basically closed down an entire avenue. They closed down Park Avenue, and you can just ride bikes and scooter or whatever, walk down all the way. 
It was so fun, Lauren. I, you know that I'm a nervous person. I don't really like not being on my own two feet walking. Um, that's like as, as adventurous as I like to be. And so I didn't have a helmet and I was, I forgot to order one before because I knew we were going to do it this weekend. So I was very nervous to get on a city bike and then, you know, go around town, but it ended up being so much fun. And now I'm fully going to bike around the city once I get a helmet. Um, and I've just never felt more carefree as, you know, the entire avenue was closed down so that I could feel safe and bike across New York City. It looked, the video was super cute. So it was, it was really fun. Good time. It was really, really fun. Uh, yeah. So I ended up having a pretty sublime weekend. I also went, uh, sublime. I also kind of went clubbing. Do you feel comfortable on the subject of dancing and whatnot? Do you feel comfortable dancing in front of Kagan? Yeah, definitely. Okay, good. Because I have dated people before in the past and I've never felt super comfortable, uh, dancing in front of them. Mm-hmm. Like I, I get a little self-conscious, you know, you want to feel cool. I, I, you're not really like – Well, you're easy not to... a good dancer. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm a, I'm a perfectly adequate dancer. I dance I dance great. I dance great. Um, no, you do. You, I, yeah, yeah I, I, dance like, I dance like whatever, a normal person. But I always feel like really nervous. I'm like, okay, am I not going to be like a good dancer? Is it going to be super cringy? Um, and so – this was the first time I'd ever like danced in front of Ben. And that sounds like I did like some sort of gross dance, but it was just the first time I'd ever danced like a normal person. This and... was the first time you'd ever like given him like a lap dance or something like a belly dance. Oh, gosh. I'm going to throw up. It was just the first and this we were in front of all of our friends. This was the first time I'd ever danced for Ben. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It sounds like I'm in like a harem or something. Yeah. Um, did Ben enjoy anyways. Your dancing? Oh gosh. Okay. I wish I would have brought this up. <laughs> I just love how it was like, oh, and then the Taliban, you know, took over <laughs> Afghanistan. You're like, oh, let me I that reminds me of my weekend. Well, sublime. let me just Well, okay, so this so this all came to a, I did have a sublime weekend and it all came to a crashing halt because I woke up on Sunday morning and I was just on my Instagram. I woke up way before Ben. And when he and I was like, okay, um, you know, Jessica Yellen is posting all this stuff about Afghanistan. And I'm like, okay, this this seems like a crazy situation, just putting yeah. it lightly. Right. And so I was like, you got to watch these videos of the Taliban with me. And he was like, he was barely awake when I said that to him. He was like, what? You want me to watch videos of the Taliban with you right now? And I was like, yes, you got to see these. They're finding like weapon stores. And, um, oh. and and then anyways, it's all of yesterday. Not all of yesterday. Um, right. Starting last night, I was talking to Alex about it. And like we were talking for like the last two hours before I went to bed. And I'm like, I'm going to have bad dreams because of this because it's so scary. And I watched, like, the Jessica Yellen's, like, News Not Noise with that Washington Post reporter this morning. Oh, interesting. I need to watch that. It was, like, I mean, fascinating and terrifying. Yeah. I mean, What's, the thing that – Yeah, the, go ahead. I was just going to say, the thing is, is, like, people – like, the Hammett's tale is not a dystopia. Like, it, that, this stuff is happening now. Mm-hmm. Like, there are real women, like, forced to cover well, themselves and being, like – publicly brutalized mm-hmm. for like the smallest of infractions like this shit is happening now like you, it's just infuriating and it's yeah totally uh what one thing they talked about was that you know this was an this was inevitable to some degree and i don't and i think the crisis we're witnessing like with people trying to get out of uh afghanistan like translators and people who have helped the u.s is because like there were, this was really sped up and they did not expect this to happen so quickly. And so what to your point about Handmaid's Tale being very real, the Taliban has help from Pakistan, from Saudi Arabia, from, you know, the U of A or whatever, like because Handmaid's Tale, a Handmaid's Tale like universe exists in those countries already. Right. Right. And so it's just like it's it's not like there's just one it's one small sect of people that believe in this to like in living this way. It is like there's like fully nations who are bolstering up groups like the Taliban and, you know, giving them the ability to do what they're doing. And it's really, really scary. You just look at how many people across this earth are like under the force of mm-hmm. these like extreme, extremely oppressive regimes. Like, okay, there was a, there was a headline that was, that said Afghan government collapses as president flees the country mm-hmm. and Taliban takes over Kabul. Yeah. And I was, and I imagined, I was like, just imagine a headline that instead of that read, 
you know, U.S. government collapses as President Biden flees the country mm-hmm. and Warren Jeffs and FLDS take over Washington, right. D.C. Like right. there is like like I think it's it's so far beyond people's imaginations here. But if you like religious extremists are ju- like are everywhere. They actually like do want or mm-hmm. like people are living under these oppressive extremist regimes all across this planet yeah. like and the fact that we just like the fa- like i the fact that i could just walk through lisbon yes last night and get dinner on my own pay with my own bank account you mm-hmm. know sit in a park read. Alone by myself read like take ubers feeling relatively safe like it's the fact that i could do that it's it was it seemed like a miracle to me yeah it seemed like an yeah. absolute miracle when it shouldn't it should just be to- everyone should just have the right to feel safe in their lives but if you look at a global perspective most women don't or you know such a huge majority of women do not yeah i mean there's entire nations of women who just don't have those rights at all right and it's just so horrifying i don't know if you remember this season or this scene on the Hammett's Tale but there's a scene where like the Swiss government is talking with Gilead mm-hmm. and you're like why don't the Swiss just say like screw you and like basically help these women right like, why don't like why are they just in this country being oppressed like this why can't like someone help them but and and so it's so jarring is like they have the scene where the Swiss you know talk with Gilead and they're like negotiations are you know it's just interesting the way that the way that like you know people can fall under the the control of oppressive regimes and then it's not just the simple thing of like oh another country can just fix oh it's not like you just like go in with you know it's not like you can just because the united states exists you can just go in and be like hey we don't we believe women should have rights so you know we're gonna like make sure you guys like don't rise to power it's like you literally have to negotiate with these people Right. And and even then, it's, you know, it's, I mean, we tried to, what, do this for 20 years? There were, the U.S. was in Afghanistan for 20 years trying right, to build up their government and empower their people. And it just, it wasn't enough. But I do think that if you're, if you live in a country where it doesn't require being occupied by a, by a more mm-hmm. powerful nation in order to maintain peace and order and f- basic freedoms... You should be extremely grateful and stop complaining about like stupid bullshit that doesn't actually about matter. going to Applebee's with your boyfriend and your meal costing too much. <laughs> stop complaining. Um, stop complaining. A thousand percent. The chicken wings. This, this podcast is really doing some high low stuff right now, and I'm, I'm here for it. But uh, to your point about you know like uh, twenty years, like think about if you were a girl who was born there you know, in 2001. And oh. you are, you've only ever experienced actually a place where you could go to school where you could, Think you about- know, move about in peace. And now like, it's a fully different world that you probably only ever heard about from, you know, people before you. Think about if you're a 30 year old woman there. Mm-hmm. Think about if you're my age, you were born in 1990 and you were yeah. 11 when, you know, when things got better. Right. You are probably have an advanced, you probably are like starting your career that you've worked so hard for, Mm -hmm. have an advanced degree or degree and are actually like about to, like you're an adult and suddenly all of that's taken from you in a moment, in a weekend, in a weekend, you know, like, gosh, I I honestly, it's like a good lesson for me. Why am I complaining about the fact that I couldn't get my my, my fry sucked and my dress right. was greasy and I wanted to punch a wall. Like, it's yeah. just like, it just reminds you like of how lucky we are. How lucky, so lucky. we are. And it's so by lucky. the, and, and, and there are so many people and it's, there are so many people who live under these oppressive systems. Like mm-hmm. I was listening to an interview with, her name is Yamni Park. She's a North Korean defector. Okay. She's like 28, I think. And she, she escaped from North Korea. Okay. She was oh, is she about... like? Is there is there that book that was in yeah. her Amazon cart? Yeah. Yeah. So she escaped from North Korea. She recently went on Joe Rogan. Like, 
the reality of people living in North Korea is just so incredibly horrifying. And a lot of people always say like, you know, women's rights, girls' rights, 100%, I agree, 100%. But also like all the men who are oppressed right now. Like there are so many human beings. Oh, I mean, like you, you mentioned Uyghurs on your Instagram. Right. People aren't even like talking about that. People, it's honestly, it's just so crazy. Like there are holocausts going on right now. Mm-hmm. There are people who are completely just decimated by the governments that they're born yeah. under. Yeah. And we just like live our lives. And how do you, re- like, how do we reconcile that? I don't know. I mean, I think that like, ugh, I don't know. I don't know how you reconcile it because it's like, it seems overwhelming from like my perspective to even try to help. I know. Um, I know. But, you know, I see a lot of people who don't who don't shop at Zara or other, you know, fast fashion brands because they employ Uyghurs or something or like, you know, there's there's ways that you can try and make a difference as like a consumer, but also, I don't know. It feels all at once but like also very Zara very has futile. Great no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, no. and it's yeah, it's impossible. I mean. I would, if you, if anyone who listens knows what can be done for, like, what ordinary people can do, please hit us up because I would love to provide a list of action items and resources, just a single action item. It's just so horrible. And the, the, the interview with the girl who escaped from North Korea, that was probably the craziest thing I'd ever ever heard. really just like yeah, i mean yeah i, I mean i want to watch it they're literally starving their people like they mm-hmm. the people have no food to eat and trading is illegal so you can't it's not like you can actually engage in any sort of commerce like they're the people are oh. just starving and like she said that she just was like i mean there, there's so many things that i don't even want to re-say because i feel like they're so um yeah. like traumatic to even listen to hear about yeah 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 but she was talking about how as a kid, like she was never full, like never had never yeah. experienced fullness. Like would like they yeah. she ate like grasshoppers or like a big source of protein. Like mm-hmm. they literally just don't even have food. Like they're starving their people. Yeah. And she said that's how they yeah. keep control is by yeah. like keeping everyone or you know, a majority of the people just like like hungry so that they can't even focus on yeah. anything beyond right, right. survival. Right. It's like it's pretty anyway, hard to like that, lead a revolution when you're starving to death. Right, exactly. Well, and I mean, just think about it. They have no phones, they have no communicate way to communicate mm-hmm. or organize. Everyone is paranoid that the other person's an informant. I mean, mm-hmm. to honestly, like the North Korea stuff, her talking about North Korea, it made Gilead look like a paradise. Like that's how bad the North Korea stuff was. Really? So anyway, Ugh. yeah. Anyway, this is not what we expected to talk about today. Yeah, it was, this was not on the outline, folks. Um, all right. So definitely a mix of high and low today on today's episode. But, you know, we just just talking about what we would talk about uh, normally if we were to call each other. So um, correct. But really, we're gathered here today to celebrate love, to talk about our love, mine and Lauren's, not the love with our respective partners, but each other's. And you know, some other podcasts do 73 questions that they, they copy Vogue. Um, I think it's time that we take after the New York Times and do the 36 questions that lead to love. Are you ready? So this becomes the podcast that leads to what? Sisters falling in we love? We fall in love with Things each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. It's got to sell. We got Lauren. We weren't growing. And so we had to take, we, we had to up level. Although I can I tell you something actually that I just realized that we should change the podcast name to what call your sister uh, call your sister like- it, it'd be so cute and it's like it's actually about what we do which is just chatting about like our lives and life and everything going on and it's and I feel like it'd be more true than pop apologists since we basically rarely talk about celebrities anymore I just feel like a late in life name change is a bad look Potentially, absolutely, but I am more shameless than you. So yeah, it's true. We can pull the listeners. I agree. We've done good work to build up pop apologists, but there's also the thing of like most people can't even say the name. <laughs> We've been I, know. Like, I don't know why it's such a struggle. Like and the girls from the girls from popologists. 
That's a common mispronunciation. Right. I know. Anyway, I'm just saying. Yeah, mom has trouble with it too. Call your sister would be really cute and I think speak more to our family values and just like – but we actually I think Call Your Sister here. just doesn't have – it just doesn't have a lot of tone to it. That's true. That's true. I w- I'm picturing it branded well. If you have any idea of, of a new name for Pop Apologist, which Chandler is, does not even condone this discussion, but if, if you have any ideas, send them our way. Or if you think we should stick with it, let us know. Okay. This is not this is not what you set us up for, though. We are doing 36 questions. Chandler, let's dive in. 36 questions that lead to love by the New York Times. It's about to get weird on Pop Apologist. Chandler, given the choice of anyone in the world, whom would you want as a dinner guest? This is an easy one for me. I would love to have Gwyneth Paltrow, um, but and I'd have this one small tweak to this scenario. I wouldn't want to host her. Like, do you think I'm going to host her in my, you know, sublet in Midtown? No. Absolutely. I would like her no. to host me. I would like to be her dinner guest. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'd like the pressure of putting on a delicious meal, a gorgeous spread to be on her. And then hopefully Brad Falchuk would also join. I mean, that would be some of the best people watching and just observations being hosted by Gwyneth Paltrow. That is a 10 out of 10 answer. I mean, the things you Thank could you. learn. Right. And I, I feel like she in this scenario, she she wouldn't be doing some sort of Make-A-Wish foundation type favor for me. She would actually really want <laughs> to be hosting me. And so she'd be so eager to learn about my life. And you have a podcast with your sister. Like, that's amazing. Um, you know, talk to no, me more no, about she's, your upbringing. I love your podcast. I've been meaning yeah, to talk right. about it on Goop. Right. Elise and I listen to it Is there all any the chance you'd come on – yeah, is there any chance you'd come on my podcast? Did you know I have one? Mm-hmm. That would mm-hmm. be incredible. Right. Okay. My answer to this question is Barack Obama. I thought you were going to say that. But here's the twist. I want to get dinner with Barack Obama, okay? I want our body language to be – one of intense conversation like I want to be gesticulating with my hands and I want him to be like like kind of like holding his chin with a a furrowed brow like Mm -hmm. I'm teaching him something okay Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. I want these photos to come out on like TMZ or something and it's like Lauren co-host a pathologist podcast at intense dinner with Brock and heated conversation with Barack Obama or like you know intense conversation with Barack Obama and then I would never discuss it I would never talk about it. <laughs> and then people would just think that I was like a really important person on some level, but like I oh, couldn't totally. talk about it. Right, right, How right. incredible and would that all be? just happening. That would be amazing. It would be like, you know, you were having these intense talks. He was learning so much from your perspective. My question is, do you think Bob exactly. Barack Obama would be more likely to take an interview with someone who runs a podcast called Call Your Sister or Call <laughs> Neither. <laughs> Neither. <laughs> Ugh. Okay. Wait, is, um, does this does one thing lead ahead. to another with with does one thing lead to another with Barack Obama in this in this interview? No, that's the point. This is not a romantic tryst. There's nothing sexual about this. You sicko. He's married to Michelle. <laughs> I don't know if you know that, but I really support and love their family. Um, I do support and love. But their this family. is like purely really clear. I would love for my reputation to include the fact that. I got to dinner with Barack Obama and we had a very intense conversation about foreign policy. Like it was overheard, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I never speak about it ever. I love like, it. I oh, love Lauren. That. Did you see those photos of Lauren with Barack Obama? Yeah, what were they talking about? I don't know. She she won't talk about it. She doesn't discuss. Like, why? Oh my gosh. Okay. That's really hot. All right, you're right. Um, abrupt subject change but i have to say for the record call your sister is a super lame name it sounds like someone who wears kirkland brand clothing and potentially i don't know like is very interested in genealogy that's the title of their podcast which is really not our brand it's super vanilla super vanilla and if there's anything we are it is daiquiri ice Correct. Correct. Okay. If anyone can help us come up with a new podcast name similar to Daiquiri Ice, that'd be great. Okay. Um, Chandler, next question. Would you like to be famous in what way? Famous for doing the very least. So yes, of course I want to be famous. I just don't want to do all the hard work to get there. You want to be famous for like doing nothing. I just don't want to have to do all like the sweat equity to become famous. So, like, I, yeah, you know, this well, podcast will do. We're not capable of any of that. Absolutely not. Um, okay. Right. 
Um, before making a telephone call, do you ever rehearse what you are going to say? Well, what about you about being famous? Oh, yeah, of course. I would love to be famous. I would love to be famous. I would love to be famous for being like a concert pianist, like something very chaste. Like I would love mm-hmm. to be like a household name for something extremely chaste and seemly. So like, you know, any like sort of orchestra position. Or Ingalls Wilder. Like, you know, like Joshua Bell. Like Joshua Bell, I feel like is like a household violinist name. Like I would like to be like Joshua Bell adjacent. Not. No, but I hate to break it to you, but I don't think anyone knows about Joshua Bell. I don't know who Joshua Bell is. I don't know that you could call him a household name as a violinist. Just going to be okay. honest with you. Yo-Yo Ma. How about that? Sure. That's better. That's better. Okay. I would like to be like, you know, a female version of Yo-Yo Ma. Just like so inc- – nothing unseemly, but just rich and famous and like, re- you know, revered wherever I go. That would be incredible. Right, right. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Okay. Love it. Before making a telephone call, do you ever rehearse what you're going to say? Um, only when I have to ask for money. <laughs> Which is like, you know, <laughs> once a week. So there's one rehearsal a no, week, people. It's been it's been a minute since I've had to borrow money from somebody, but yeah. That's true. Usually. What would constitute a perfect day for you? I've talked about this before. It's about services. Um You want to you know, do service for other people? It's nails. Wow. No, no, no. I would like – no, let's be, let's be very clear. I like getting services done to me. I like being serviced as a person. Um, I, yeah, I'm like a car. I need services. Um, I need, you know, someone needs to change the oil, uh, so to speak. So I love getting my nails done. I love getting my hair done. I love a massage, you know, maybe one or two. Um, you know, maybe in this there's a sublime cocktail as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sublime. I think to, to, to really, to really top it all off, maybe just hearing why my boyfriend loves me, just all those reasons. Just yeah, over regularly. and over again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Throughout the day. I mean, that sounds like an excellent day. Truthfully. I think, I think it's Thank a, you. it's a kind of a generic answer, no offense, but it's a, it's a, I think a widely palatable and, you know, a relatable answer. I mean, if if I had said, I don't know, my perfect day would be, you know, traveling through the Serengeti, experiencing <laughs> new highs and lower lows, like I don't know. I don't I don't relate to people like that. Your perfect day is lower lows. <laughs> well, and you'd um, be like, well, you know, because you can't experience the bliss without the lows, you know, so I would need oh something. I I don't know. Right, right, right. No, no. I mean let me tell you about my perfect day. My perfect day is I wake up and the photos of me having dinner with Barack Obama have just hit TMZ. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm fielding all these calls from people and I'm just, you know, I'm I'm mum's the word, suddenly revered by all as a, as a very important, impactful person. Um, mm-hmm. Then I m- miraculously am able to play the flute very, very well. What? And I am a household all. name it's as a, a flutist. A, <laughs> it's a perfect day for a different person. I'm just saying these are all my fantasies coming to reality, you know? So suddenly like I'm a, a world-famous flutist and I'm living that life, you know? And I get dinner with Barack Obama and I'm a revered musician and like a lady of the orchestra. I mean, I'm just talking – I'd be stepping into a new echelon, so that's a perfect day for me. Okay. Okay. okay okay when did you last sing to yourself or to someone else I want to hear your response first okay so um I was actually in the bathtub last night um King and I were taking a bath together and I sang him you're kidding I I did actually I sang him a moon river um there were candles lit there was wine I'm going to be ill. (laughs) It was actually like such – no, I didn't do this. This is actually the story of uh, Heather and Terry Dubrow's engagement. Do you know that? No. Yes. They were in Napa. She sang him Moon River? Yes, in the bathtub in the hotel in Napa, and he proposed. Wait, who was singing Moon River? Her or Heather. Not Terry. Heather was singing Moon River, 
in the bathtub in a ho- in the hotel in Napa and I'm he proposed and he said that being with you is like Christmas morning every day. It's like honestly it's <laughs> it that does not make me feel good. I don't have like a good feeling <laughs> after hearing that story. And it's not that I don't believe that they don't love each other. It's just like I don't want to hear stories like that about her and Heather Duro. I want or her and Terry Duro. I want to hear stories about that about Tim and Faith. I mean Brock and Michelle. Yeah. It's it, they're not necessarily like the hottest couple to imagine boning, but I do think that it's I mean, Heather Drew just has a better life than other people. That's just the lesson I take away from it. I mean, also that's that's just a wild story. I know. I know. Oh my gosh. Okay, Chandler, what Ooh. about you? Okay. I, know, I don't sing wow. to myself anymore and I don't sing to other people actually. It's called growing up. It's called becoming an adult, okay? I don't sing anymore. I used to sing as yeah, a I kid. Don't. You would sing so much. Lauren would sing all the time. Lauren would sing in the ba- in the bathroom, in the shower. Like, Lauren literally was always singing and trying really hard when she was singing. She wasn't just, like, you know, mumbling along like the rest of us. She was really singing. It was really annoying. I, like, honestly, I still have PTSD from it. It was honestly one of my worst Sorry. qualities as a child. Had to just hands down it's like it's <laughs> shocking that we like are good friends now i know um i i know i talked a little bit about um well hold on uh okay the last time i was singing i think i was i was in the car and i was um we were driving back from the airport and i remember having this moment where i was like oh i like feel comfortable enough to like sing a little bit in front of ben you know, and like usually, I don't feel that comfortable, like at all. And oh, you mean like so sing it was a sweet along moment to the radio? For me. I'll, I'll... Oh yeah, like singing along. I usually feel a little bit nervous to do that. Like oh, I don't. I want to seem too cool, but I don't feel that way. Um. <laughs> okay. Well, I think that that's great. That's not what the question was asking. I was asking about when you yet last sang to yourself or to someone else. Not like hummed in the ra- the radio. To the radio in the car. Oh, like legitimately singing to somebody else. Yes, yes. Never, never. I've never once sang to somebody else before. I've been sung too, not to flex. Oh, really? Who sang? I did to have a you? boyfriend who was in a band. Oh, mm-hmm. the flex. I dated completely a guy. Oh, this is so embarrassing. This, this, it's honestly like, I dated a guy who was in a band and he wrote a song about me and he performed it. I can't even bring myself to talk about where he performed it because it's really one of the most cursed places at BYU. Okay. Just tell, <laughs> just say he performed it. Oh, <laughs> is that the wall? The wall. I've never remember the heard wall? of that. It's like the sports grill place at the bottom of the Wilk. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's been a long time. Oh, if you're listening and you know what the wall is, you know how bad this is. So let's just move on. Okay. It was kind of sweet in the moment, but like, yeah, now and every moment after I was like, oh, like, it's kind of cringe. Um. Okay. If you were able to live to the age of 90 and retain- Wait, you didn't say when you last sang to somebody. I don't oh, sing Oh, you said anymore. you did as a youth. Yeah, I don't sing. I don't sing to myself, even in, by myself. I've stopped singing. Does Kagan sing? No. We are sane adults. Okay. Okay. Whatever. Suit yourself. Um, does Ben sing? No. No, no, Okay. Good. Good. He can be a member of the family. Lauren, I already know what you're going to answer, <laughs> but I guess I'll just answer, ask the question. If you were able to live to the age of 90 and either retain the mind or body of a 30-year-old for the last 60 years of your life, which would you want? So basically your mind starts to go at 30 or your body starts to go. Which is like apparently like pretty rude to say. I guess my mind is already declining. pretty dark too. I know. Um, Of course I would want the body. Of course. Absolutely. Do you know how much more like currency your body has in our society than your mind? Right. Okay, you know, apologies for the rude awakening, but also mental decline, I feel like doesn't really start happening until like, I mean, 70s, 80s, probably 80s, really. Like, I'd rather have a hot bod until the age of 90. Oh my gosh. And then you're sharp as a tack. My grandma was sharp as a tack until she was 90. I'm basically going to have the best of both worlds. 
in this scenario. Uh, completely agree. I completely agree. Oh, this, that question was so boring because it was so so low stakes. Like they should have said something like, "You could either have the body of a thirty year old, or the mind of Bill Gates, the money of Jeff Bezos, and the body of like a natural person." Then we'd really have to think about things. Totally. Like that's an interesting question that would lead you to know if you love somebody. Yeah. Or to know if you were truly shallow. Okay. Right. Chandler, name three things you and your partner appear to have in common. The appear to have is really interesting. Part of <laughs> yeah. You don't have really have to have them in common, but this is what other people would perceive that you have in common. Well, I'm going to scratch that and just name things that we 100% have in common. Okay, good. I want to hear Okay. It. We are both deeply attracted to Captain Sandy. Oh, yeah. Physically, hot. spiritually, okay. mentally. We're both so hot for her. Wow. Okay. Beautiful. We both think that I am gorgeous. Oh, gosh. And dazzling to talk to. Okay. So the, those the, the last two were agreeing about positive qualities about yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm glad. Just to be clear. <laughs> okay. Well, she's not suffering on the self-esteem front, folks. Um, I think that's great, Chandler. I am happy for you. I mean, what do you want me to say? The boring ones? Do you want me to say, oh, yeah, we both love food. We love to travel. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, you, you know what? You did a – I think you were honest and that's what's important. You know? Mm-hmm. Right. You want it to be honest or do you want it to be a good time? That There we go. There we go. Um, name three things that Kagan and I have in common. Chandler, I'll, why don't you answer this about us? Oh, that's fun. Okay. Um, you both enjoy luxury experiences. That's true. You both, um, are very, very committed to whatever you're passionate about. Oh, that's also true. Um, and you both, you both, um, let's think, sorry, I'm grasping for a third. (laughs) Uh, you both love a good drink. (laughs) (laughs) Well, ain't that the truth, baby? And on that note, we'll sign off. It's been a good week. <laughs> wow. Oh wait, I actually want to hear you do that for me though. Now. All right. It's been a it's, what a great what a great time, you guys. Thirty seconds of thirst. Please, please, please share the pod. Get other people to listen. Get this thing off the ground. If you knew how not off the ground we were, you'd ask us why we continued going on. So please share the pod. We'd appreciate it so much. Please. And honestly, like if you if, if we don't get up off the ground, we might have to do something radical like change our name to call your sister, which will just, you know, <laughs> lead us further down uh, in this downward spiral. Yeah, exactly. All right. Love you, Chan. Love you. Bye. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at popapologists, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Do you ever worry about running out of interesting things to say to friends when you actually get to see them? Then we've got the perfect podcast for you. I'm Eve Yohalem, and each week on Book Dreams, my co-host Julie Sternberg and I use books to explore fascinating questions, like what happened when a Harvard professor staked her reputation on an alleged gospel of Jesus's wife that turned out to be fake? And how did debut author Tom Lynn save the American Western by blowing it to bits? Are pigeons rats with wings or wonder birds? And what's the who, what, when, where, how, and especially why of books bound in human skin? Recent and upcoming Book Dreams highlights include conversations with Booker Prize-winning author Marlon James, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Katherine Schultz, and Merlin scholar Dr. Laura Campbell. You can listen to Book Dreams wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everyone. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists, owners of The Therapy Group, and hosts of The Shrink Chicks Podcast. Every week, we bring you a new episode where we dive into therapeutic topics like inner child work, dating anxiety, family dynamics, relationships, and burnout, making them more relatable and understandable, leaving the psychobabble behind. 
We address the things you've been dying to ask your therapist but don't know how. And work to help you stop shooting all over yourself with the expectations society can put on us. Tune in every Monday to Shrink Chicks on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to follow along and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Prepare to learn all about you because in order to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. Hey.